just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. We're starting another week. No doubt it will be as fucking crazy as it was last week and the week before and the week before that. That said, yesterday for me was an awesome day. One of the best days in recent history. And you know why? My wife and I were here at home. My oldest son and his daughter came by to visit. My granddaughter. And I'll tell you this about my granddaughter. In life, the one thing you could hope for more than anything is joy. And that little girl, she brings me more joy than I deserve. She's always got a smile on her face. She's always happy. She's always inquisitive. She's running around doing all kinds of stuff. And now that she's going to be two here in a few weeks, she's starting to talk more. She's repeating words and doing a good job of it. But the most amazing thing is when she walked in the door yesterday, She looked at me and said, Grandpa. And she looked at my wife and said, Grandma. Now, she's been trying to do that for some time, but I'd never heard her do it. Not fully. And she did it today. And I said, come here, give me a hug. She ran over, jumped in my arms, got to hug her. She called me Grandpa. There is no better day than that day in recent history. We had a lot of fun with her and uh, her father. And, uh, you know, she we've got pictures of all of them all around the, the condo. And, and she'd go around pointing, Daddy, Mama. And she'd say her name, and, and she'd point it out. She was having a lot of fun, playing with the toys, eating pizza, eating Go-Gurts and all this kind of stuff. Very simple day. We were just playing with this little girl. And uh, that was one of my best days in recent memory, and I'm thankful for it. So with that, I'm in a little better mood than I normally am. I'm normally not in too bad a mood ever, but that just gives me a little extra spring in my step. So anyway, there is a lot of stuff going on, and I needed that extra spring in my step, a little positivity Because what we're looking at now, especially over in Ukraine, is about as fucking negative as you can get. We've been hearing about the Russian military pulling back from various towns and cities in Ukraine. Apparently, they're going to focus on eastern Ukraine and Donbass. You know, you have those two independent states that they want to get control of. They've been in the middle of the country, all over the country. They're running out of uh, resources. They're losing at every turn. They're getting pushed back. And so instead of taking the L, what they're going to do is focus on one small area, Dumbas, and try to get those independent states. But, of course, Zelensky's saying, you don't get shit. We're not giving up any part of Ukraine. Now, to most people, if you hear that, you think, well, that's positive. At least the war in the greater area of Ukraine is going to settle down. They pulled back from Kiev. You know, they wanted to go to Kiev and take over the country because that's the capital and were never able to accomplish it. Ukrainian uh, military did an amazing job holding these idiots at bay. So they gave up on Kiev and they're headed toward... uh, 
Dumbas and those two independent states. So that seems like it's positive. At least we're headed in the right direction, right? Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is, it's pretty fucked up over there. Now, as Ukrainian soldiers go back into those towns that had been occupied by Russia, and they're liberating them, what they're finding is absolutely horrific. Russian soldiers couldn't just leave these areas to say, okay, we couldn't do this, let's just leave. They found it necessary to commit unimaginable atrocities in their wake. You know, this is stuff you heard about in the Vietnam War with Khmer Rouge or the Nazis or that sort of thing. You'd think we'd grown out of that. You'd think we'd learned some things and we wouldn't do that. Now, these Russian soldiers, they've tortured and murdered civilians, men, women, and children. And there are reports telling us that they have also been raping women and children. I mean, these fuckers are animals. We once felt sorry for these young Russians. You know, they had all these crying young Russian soldiers calling their moms saying, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't want to fight. It's terrible. I want to get out of here. But when you see the video that was in the news yesterday from the town of Bucha, the video was so showing such horrific things. There were dead bodies strewn across the streets, right in the streets, men, women, and children. We're not talking about soldiers in this situation. These are civilians, people who weren't carrying guns, weren't trying to fight back. These fucking Russians were basically doing what somebody does when they get uh, evicted from a from an apartment they've lived in. They're mad, so they tear everything up, break, put holes in the walls and that sort of thing. That's essentially what these fucking idiots were doing in these towns. And like I say, Bucha, there were some videos. And I've talked to people who have seen that video. I've seen the videos. And I've seen people, when they saw those videos, they were fucking crying. They could not believe the atrocities that were being committed for no good reason at all. Now, you have to wonder, is this something they were told to do by Vladimir Putin on down or just because they're that kind of human being that that's what they do? Now, what you have to understand is this isn't that surprising with Russia. Russia has a history of doing these types of things. You know, in World War II, Russia raped women and children at far higher rates than any other country in the world. I mean, it all happens from time to time in all wars because there's those bad apples that will do that sort of thing. But Russians have done this in unprecedented amounts. I mean, it's fucking crazy. And it's not surprising when you consider the fact that women in Russia are essentially property or second-class citizens. As far as beating women or your wives or your girlfriends, it's not only accepted, in some ways it's encouraged. And if somebody beats their wife or kills their wife, there's very little done about it, unless there's a lot of publicity and then they'll kind of fake like they're doing something. But can you imagine the lives of women in Russia. 
I mean, the women in Ukraine, it's, it's unconscionable what happened there. This is something we'd see in pa- long past history when people were less sophisticated, less decent. Now, no one's ever accused Russia of being decent. We know Vladimir Putin is a murderous killer. But we were under the impression that these Russian people, the Russian soldiers, were a little better, were a little confused, and were only fighting because they were told to and were afraid of what might happen if they didn't. Well, what we're seeing right now, it's hard to believe that. It's impossible to believe that. I mean, it's kind of like the Republicans. If you're in the Republican or trump fuck party, and you try to tell me that you're not a racist or a misogynist, I'm not going to agree with you. Because while you may not do those things, you are in a group and you support a group that does these things. And if you're okay with them doing these things, then you are just as culpable. And the same could be said for these Russian soldiers. Sure, there may be some young Russian soldiers that... Uh, that, that, that are nervous and scared about being there and maybe wouldn't rape somebody, but we don't know. You have to assume the entire military is like that. I mean, that's the fucking culture in Russia. That's how barbaric this country is. We like to say, well, the Russian people are good, uh, but uh, Vladimir Putin and the government is what's bad. I have to question that now. If it's a regular fair... Uh, to beat women, torture women, kill women without any kind of accountability. You got you to wonder what kind of fucking country is this? Now, make no mistake, this is genocide. It is a war crime. When we see the video from Buka, this may be the thing that catches NATO's eye. Now, going through this whole thing, we've always known that uh, NATO and the United States was always cautious about getting directly involved against the Russians. Sure, they're providing uh, military vehicles, military weapons, ammunition, and those sorts of things, but they don't want to do the no-fly zone because then they have to shoot down Russian airplanes, and now they're in the middle of it. Now we're in the middle of a third world war. But we've been hearing about all this other stuff that Vladimir Putin has been considering doing. Chemical warfare. Nuclear war. And when we were hearing about that, Joe Biden, amongst others, said, look, if you do that, we are going to respond in kind. Now, he was very careful not to say what he meant. I don't even know if he knows what he meant at this point. He was trying to send a message. And the message was to Vladimir Putin, and it was, if you think this is fucking bad, it's going to get worse if you even dare try to do those things. Now, when they mentioned that, they didn't mention atrocities. We'd heard about the atrocities all along since the beginning of this thing, but we'd never really seen it, and uh, it was all reports, and there was no verification of it. When you see that video of Bucha, that is verification. And the stories we're hearing from other parts of the country, I now tend to believe them. I mean, this is who the Russian military is. 
They're not fierce. They're not as strong as they once said they were or once we, we once believed them to be. But they are fucking animals. They're subhuman. What they're doing is akin to uh, the Nazis in World War II in Germany. The things they did to the Jewish people and other folks. Uh, this is similar to what's going on now. It's maybe not to the extent. Uh, now, people will say to me, you can't compare it to World War II and the Nazis. Fuck, I can't. All you have to do is look at the video from Bucha. Same kind of things that happened in Nazi Germany. Now, I'll grant you, Nazi Germany, Germany involved a lot more killings, a lot more people, and that was absolutely horrific. This is fewer people, but it's still horrific. How do people treat other people like that? It makes no goddamn sense. So I'm wondering right now, if NATO was going to do something extra, should there be chemical warfare or nuclear weapons being used in Ukraine, what are they going to do about this? This is just as bad as any of those things. These are huge human right violations. These are war crimes. And the longer it goes on, more innocent people are being tortured and killed. Women and children are being raped by huge numbers. I mean, it's not like a couple here, a couple there. Not like that would be any less worse. But this is happening in large numbers all throughout the country. I don't know about you, but this to me seems like a bridge too far. I certainly don't want to see World War III, but fucking hey, something's got to be done about this. These people can't do this to a, a relatively peaceful country. Destroy their cities and towns. Take out their power grids. And then torture and kill innocent civilians, people who aren't even in the war. Raping women and children. I don't know, but that's that's fucking too far. There has to be some punishment meted out to these fucks. We can't allow this to stand. We can't allow this to continue. So it's going to be very interesting to see what, in fact, NATO does. Because they're going to have to fucking do something soon. And since we're on the topic of Vladimir Putin... There are some rumors that Vladimir Putin and his family are hiding out in some elaborate and luxurious bunker in Siberia. Now, this hasn't been verified, but there's a lot of rumors about it. And we know that Vladimir Putin has this hugely elaborate bunker someplace. Maybe it's in Siberia. It's like an underground city in case of a nuclear war. Yeah, he's going to be safe, but his whole country is going to be destroyed. I don't know what the point of living through that is. I don't know what the point of even talking about nuclear war, because nobody wins that motherfucking thing. But uh, let's assume that's true, that he's in a bunker with his family someplace trying to protect himself. Now, some people are supposing that he's hunkered down in this bunker because he's planning to use nuclear weapons, and he's trying to get protection from the nuclear fallout. Well, now that's a reasonable idea. I suppose that's possible. Uh, 
But the one thing you have to understand about nuclear weapons, there isn't a big wall where, where Putin can walk in and just press a button and then there's a nuclear missile that goes off pointed toward the United States or Ukraine or whatever. That's not how it works. There's more of a process to this thing. There's some fail-safes in it, and some other people have to be involved. And even if Vladimir Putin is fucking crazy, the people below him know that if we do this, we're dead, so we're not going to do this. So I really question if nuclear war is even a real concern. He can blab about it, but... uh, You know, with narcissists and people like this, they are constantly trying to make a bigger threat so that you cave in. And when that doesn't work, they make even a bigger threat. We also know that you can't trust a fucking word that comes out of Vladimir Putin's mouth. He's a big talker. He's a bullshitter. But uh, he lies all the fucking time. So... As much as some people think that he's going to this bunker because he's going to let the nuclear bombs off and he's going to hide and protect himself, I have another theory to consider. I mean, I get it. That's distinctly possible. But I have to consider another possibility. Let's say he's gone. He's not in the Kremlin anymore. Let's say he's told people, that he's going to Siberia and this bunker. With all that's bad that's happening in Russia, like the economy being crushed, body bags by the thousands coming back from Ukraine, and the truth leaking into Russia in between all the uh, blockages and all the rhetoric and all the gaslighting that's going on, more and more people are finding out about what's truly going on. When things go this badly for a um, country and the people suffering terribly, it often happens that the authoritarian leaders lose their jobs and sometimes lose their lives. I've often referred back to Ceausescu, uh, to uh, Mussolini. When things go bad and you hurt everybody in your country, things can get really ugly and you being once the the, the, the strong men are now going to be out on your ass or worse. Now, just hear me out on this. Maybe he's hiding from possible fallout because he's going to set off a nuclear weapon. But maybe he's seeing the writings on the wall. He's seeing his citizens struggling, not getting food, standing in lines, they can't get their money protesting in the streets. We're seeing the military being embarrassed, and Vladimir Putin is doing things that the military wouldn't normally do. Our government officials in Russia, they're getting sanctioned. They're losing their money. Everybody around Vladimir Putin is taking a pounding, but not Vladimir Putin. And the reason they're taking the pounding is because of Vladimir Putin. This is going to make people look sideways at them. It's going to make them nervous. It's going to make them upset. They're in pain, and they want to get rid of that pain as quickly as possible. And the only way to do that in this circumstance is get the fuck rid of Vladimir Putin. I'll be honest with you. That's how this is all going to end. It's inevitable. 
that Vladimir Putin will be pushed out of power or even killed by people on the inside in Russia. And maybe Vladimir Putin, seeing how all of this is going so badly and how he's trying to back down to get even some little win to save some face, maybe he sees the writing on the wall. If he's not in the Kremlin right now, maybe he is hiding in a bunker or maybe he's in some other country. You know, him saying, I'm going to be in a bunker because God knows this fucking nuclear war is coming. That's something a narcissist would say to scare somebody else or to throw somebody off. What if he's blown town and went someplace else? This guy is ultra rich. He may be the richest man in the world. You know, it's kind of like, kind of like Hitler in the sense when everything went wrong in World War II and Germany was going to lose, and then, of course, we hear um, Adolf Hitler killed himself and his girlfriend, concubine, whatever the fuck you want to call her, Eva Braun, and they found the body, but the body couldn't be identified. But everybody said, yeah, that's, that's Hitler, that's Hitler. I find it interesting that Hitler ended up killing himself but dozens and dozens and dozens of Nazi leaders ended up in South America. That's been proven. So all these Nazi leaders somehow made it to South America or other places around the world, but Hitler didn't. <laughs> it's all a big scam. Now, you can call it a conspiracy theory. I'm looking at common sense here. You got the most powerful guy in Germany. Everybody else gets out free, but he doesn't. I find that hard to believe. The fact that you couldn't identify the body would suggest maybe it's not Hitler. And maybe he was down in South America. I don't know for sure. But my point is, is when you're talking about Vladimir Putin, there's going to be a lot of confusion of how this all ends up for Vladimir Putin when it's all said and done. Does he end up getting killed? Does he commit suicide? Does he go to Siberia? Or does he take off to some distant land where he can hide out for the rest of his life? This wouldn't be the first time this happened. And I think this concept is more likely than he's worried about the fallout from nuclear war. I don't honestly believe nuclear war is going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Nobody is crazy enough to do that sort of thing. However, Vladimir Putin wants you to think he's crazy enough to do it because that's what bullies, that's what narcissists do. They keep ramping up what they're going to threaten and they'll keep doing that until somebody folds up and gives them their way. There is no stepping back for these people. So for my money, I think Vladimir Putin, if in fact he's gone from the Kremlin, and we don't know that for sure, if in fact he's gone from the Kremlin, it's because he's scared. He's scared of his own mortality. He's scared about what's going to happen when they finally kick him out of the Kremlin. Is it going to be easy? Are they going to jail him or are they just going to kill him? He sees the writing on the wall. There's really no coming back from this. Even if you go to eastern Ukraine and win a little war to get these two independent states, that's not going to be enough. People aren't going to be happy that 15,000, 20,000 Russian soldiers were killed and that they attacked an unprovoked, peaceful country. People are not going to buy into that. For as much as he's trying to gaslight them now, they will find out. 
and this will come raining down on Vladimir Putin ultimately. He sees the writing on the wall. Now, it's going to be hard for him to hide because of who he is, and everybody knows who he is, but trust, he's going to try to do it. Narcissists like Hitler and Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump, they don't commit suicide. And the reason is is because they think they're the greatest person in the world. Why would you kill the greatest person in the world? They always think they're right. They always think they're powerful. They always think they're in control. These are the last people that will commit suicide. And that's why I question Hitler's situation. That's why I question whether Donald Trump will get any kind of uh, conscience about the things he's done. And the same for Vladimir Putin. He's never going to own up that he's wrong because he simply can't be wrong in his own mind. But at some point soon, he's going to have to go. It's going to be interesting to see how that happens. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I don't know if he's in a bunker right now. I don't know if he's sitting in the Kremlin. But I guarantee you one thing he is doing. His mind is working overtime trying to figure out how he's going to get out of this mess and stay alive. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right. We move from one piece of shit to yet another piece of shit. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He's not only evil, he is a special kind of stupid. We know about this new law in Florida. Don't say gay. This is draconian law intended to marginalize and harm the LGBTQ community. Make no mistake about it. They may try to confuse it or convolute it and make it seem like it's something else, but all you have to do is read the bill. Somebody asked me, well, you post about this. Have you read the bill? Yeah, I fucking read the bill. And it's very vague in some ways, so it can be interpreted any way somebody wants to do it. You know, they say, well, this is just for kindergarten for through third grade. Well, it says that, but the way it's worded beyond that is so vague that anybody else could do certain things uh, at higher levels, at any grade level in school. So to suggest that, you're not that clever, you're not that smart, you're not that good of a writer. People aren't stupid. We're used to Republicans trying to pull a fast one or the uh, the wool over our eyes, if you will. And that's exactly what you're trying to do here. Well, it's interesting because Florida's largest employer and largest taxpayer isn't really feeling this new law. They don't like it. They don't agree with it. And instead, they've decided to treat LGBTQ employees and guests decently and equally. Well, as you might imagine, this makes fuckhead Ronnie angry. Not because he really even cares that much about the LGBTQ community or even the bill. It's again, we're talking about a narcissist here, and somebody has the audacity to say, Ronnie, you're wrong. Well, that inflames people like that. They get angry. Then they get mad, they talk big, they make threats, and they're trying to bully you to give in. They don't have the courage to actually fight, but they make all these threats until you believe the threats and you give up and let them win. That's how they've done it all their life. 
Now, of course, that hasn't worked for Donald Trump as of recently. That certainly is not working for Vladimir Putin. Nobody's buying the bullshit. And at some point soon, you're going to see the same thing with Ron DeSantis. He's angry now with Disney World. He's angry with Disney because Disney isn't going to accommodate Ron DeSantis and these fucked up laws. They instead are going to treat people fairly, decently, and equally. God damn them for doing that, right? Well, Ron is uh, Ron is doing what the narcissists do. I'll make another threat against Disney. Now, see, when Disney first came in, they were going to be paying a lot of taxes. And I'm not even sure what this means, but um, Florida allowed them to be a self-governing entity, kind of like a sovereign country in Florida. Not really, but sort of. It was going to be a big community. It was going to be a lot of people, and they were going to govern and police themselves. That's what Florida afforded them. And the reason they did that is because they wanted fucking Disney World in Florida. They wanted the money that Disney World was going to bring to Florida. Now, let's be honest. The major business in Florida is tourism. Going to the beaches. Going to fucking Disney World. I've been there a few times with my kids. Can't wait to go with my granddaughter. I'll take her there and pay whatever it takes to get her to go there because she will love it. But all of you have likely been to Disney World at one point or another because it's the destination for families, the destination for little kids. And if we have little kids, we want them to have that experience. There's no question that Disney World is probably the most visited destination in Florida. Disney as a company is worth like 2 to 300 billion dollars. They are a big business. They're beloved by hundreds of millions of people all across the country and people in Florida. And the question I have is, Ronnie, do you really fucking think that you can threaten Disney and that you're going to get anywhere with that? Do you think they're going to let you step on their toes and try to hinder their business? Ron DeSantis, Disney World was there long before you were there. They've done more for Florida in the time they've been in Florida than you could ever hope to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that uh, Disney World is this altruistic place where they only do good because they have some issues, too. But what Ron DeSantis is threatening them with and why he's threatening them is absolutely fucking absurd. He creates some kind of uh, bigoted law uh, marginalizing LGBTQ because he's afraid of the LGBTQ community. I don't know why. Clearly, he's homophobic. And he's so afraid of it and so hurt that Disney said, fuck yourself. Now he wants to fight. Ronnie, you really need to look at how you pick your fights. This is not a fight to have because you cannot win. 
I don't honestly believe he can win the next gubernatorial race. He's certainly not going to win the presidential race. I know he wants to be president very badly. And now Donald Trump wants to be president, so he's going to kick the shit out of Ron DeSantis. Ultimately, DeSantis will kick the shit out of Donald Trump. Now, see, people will say to me, God, I hope Ron DeSantis doesn't run for president. I hope Donald Trump doesn't run for president. I'll be honest with you. I hope they fucking both do. I hope a bunch of crazy motherfuckers run for president because it's just going to uh, scatter the Republican Party. And the more different ways they're going, the weaker they are going to be. And the crazier the Republican candidate for president, the less likely they have even chance, any chance of winning. I know I got people saying this to me before the 2020 election. Oh, Donald Trump's going to win. There's too many crazy folks. You're giving Donald Trump, you're giving the trump and the base too much credit. The base is not that big. It's about 35% on the high end. It's not enough to win any elections. And the crazier the candidates are, the more they're going to alienate those people in the middle that could go either way, Republicans and Democrats. And all those people, whether they, if they just can't vote Democrat, they're not going to vote for these crazy fucking Republicans, which will be a loss for the Republicans. Or if they do vote Democratic just to get the Republicans out of there and try to get some normalcy back into their party, they could do that too. You have to remember, Donald Trump lost by 7 million votes and a, a big number of electoral votes in 2020. I said this to you in a previous podcast, and I'll say it again. For those people who think Donald Trump is going to run and win in 2024, with all the shit going on, Donald Trump lost handily in 2020. Do you think he's gaining voters now? Do you think between now and 2024, he's going to have more voters than he had in 2020? I don't think so. And do you think the Democratic candidate's going to get 81 million votes? If Donald Trump is running, you can fucking bet they're going to get the 81 million votes. They didn't vote uh, for Joe Biden as much as they did vote against Donald Trump because they were scared shitless of what Donald Trump might do should they have another four years of that fucking knucklehead. So Ron DeSantis is going head-to-head <laughs> with Disney World. And uh, and then he's going head-to-head with Donald Trump in 2024 if they both get that far. I have a feeling they both have some legal problems that won't allow them to run. I think Ron DeSantis is maybe tied up into this Matt Gates shit down in Florida because it sounds like a lot of politicians are. I think these two clowns will be taken out of the equation. But with Ron DeSantis getting all head up and so confident and wanting to fight with Disney and Donald Trump, he's starting to sound like fucking Don Quixote <laughs> tilting at windmills. He's a dumb fuck. He's a special kind of stupid. And uh, it's sad to watch. It really is sad to watch because I feel sorry for the people in Florida. Now, there are people who support this dumb fuck, and they deserve whatever they get. But there is good people in Florida. Florida is a great state. I'd like to go back to that state. 
my granddaughter's not old enough to go to Disney World as yet, but when she is, they better fucking straighten this thing out because I will not drag my granddaughter into a fucking state like Florida unless they fix things. I'm not going to take her in the middle of a racist state, a misogynist state, uh, an anti-Semitic state run by fucking idiots and uh, criminals. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to give money to a state that supports that kind of shit. Now, speaking of Florida, we got more on Florida here. Remember hearing about Rick Scott? Rick Scott was the governor of Florida prior to Ron DeSantis. And you might think, Ron DeSantis is pretty bad. Rick Scott had to be better. Nope. (laughs) He was easily equally as bad or worse than Ron DeSantis. Well, Rick Rick uh, Scott was rewarded with a promotion. And now he's a US senator from the state of Florida. And of course, he's also the chairman of the Republican Senate campaign. There's something you need to know about Rick Scott. He is a very wealthy man as you might expect. He ran a big company, he still has this big company as far as I know. And this company was found guilty of defrauding Medicare. And it was no small deal either. They ended up having to pay back Medicare money to the tune of, what, $880 million? Almost a billion dollars they bilked out of Medicare. They fucking bilked it out of Medicare. Why this piece of shit isn't in jail and that company isn't out of business, I have no fucking idea. Maybe it goes back to what I've said before. I dare you to tell me that no one's above the law, because that is absolutely a fucking lie. People who have a lot of money, like Rick Scott, they're above the law. It's just a matter of if they can get the votes. But the funny fucking thing about it is, Rick Scott isn't very bright. Clearly, he's not very bright. As chairman of the Senate Campaign Committee... Uh, It's his job to get more Republicans in the Senate and get the majority back for the Republicans. I have to wonder if he actually understands what that job is when you hear what I'm about to tell you. Now, Rick Scott came up with an 11-point plan to regain the Senate for the Republicans. Now, this 11-point plan looks like it was written by a fucking 7th grader. It's hard to understand, it's poorly written, and the shit he's putting in it is absolutely fucking crazy. And there's one aspect of this list that is especially troubling. Not only for troubling for people like us should this be enacted, but it's troubling for the Republicans. Once people know what this is, how in the world do they expect to get votes? This is how stupid Rick Scott is. Now, Rick Scott, wealthy guy, what he's suggesting in this 11-point plan is to raise taxes on virtually everybody, except the rich, of course. His plan says that he will raise taxes on 97% of those folks making under $100,000. Now, this is the guy that was all happy about giving the rich a tax break of $2 trillion. He's happy to throw that money away, get no taxes in return. But his plan 
is to raise taxes on all of us. I'm not just talking about Democrats. I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans. And this is what he wants the Republicans to run on. This is part of their plank. This is a plank in their fucking platform, which is weird because they haven't had a platform in probably 12 years. So this is his ploy to win back the Senate, raise everyone's taxes. Whether you be Democrat or Republican, he wants to raise your taxes. Republicans, I want you to listen very closely. You don't want to vote Democrat, do you? You think they're going to take all your money. They're going to take your rights away. Well, if you vote Republican in the U.S. Senate, according to Rick Scott, who is the chairman of the Republican campaign, he's guaranteeing you that he's going to raise your taxes. This went badly for another Republican politician, and it was uh, Joe Biden. Remember? Not Joe Biden. I'm sorry. I'm mixing it up. Republican uh, George W. H.W. Bush. Remember when he said, no new taxes, read my lips. And then that went south on him. He was a one-term president, and it was fucked up for him. So the idea that Rick Scott thinks that by telling people we're going to raise your taxes, that's going to get you elected. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing that they're going to let him do that. And I hope they do. I really hope they do. They put that 11-point plan, put it on their platform, and run on that motherfucker because they'll be guaranteed to lose at that point. Now, Mitch McConnell's a little smarter than uh, most people in the Republican Party. I mean, he's evil, but he's at least smarter than these fucks. And he's going, uh, yeah, that, you know, that might not be a good idea. I, Yeah, I, I don't know. Make no mistake, Rich, um, Mitch McConnell is the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate. Rick Scott can say whatever the fuck he wants to say, but if Mitch McConnell doesn't like it, it ain't going to happen. They'll fire Rick Scott and get some other head of the campaign. And it's sad. I hope they. I I really hope that they use this plan in their their campaigns because it'll be almost a guaranteed loss for them. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they get behind Rick Scott and say, yeah, let's go with that 11-point plan. That's all but giving up the elections to the Democrats. It's just not going to work for them. They are fucked. And beyond that, they don't have any other strategy. They don't have any other plan. They aren't willing to vote for anything. So what are they going to run on in 22 or 24? What are they going to run on? What have they done for anybody? They've done nothing other than take some credit for some Democratic moves with the um, the uh, COVID relief bill and those sorts of things and the infrastructure bill. They didn't vote for it, but they're going to try to take credit for it. But you don't think they're going to be exposed for that at every turn? This is why I don't think the Republicans are in that great a shape come the midterms in November. They've alienated more than half the country. They have accomplished nothing. Zero. 
Now, that's not going to change the minds of the base. I'll grant you that. But the people that are in the middle, the independents and the uh, more left-leaning Republicans, or at least the sane Republicans, the people that might follow uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, those people are going to have to say, what the fuck do I do? Now, you have to understand Republicans have been leaving the party in droves. There's far fewer Republicans than there are Democrats. That's why they fight for that electoral college. That's the only way they can win an election. They can't win a popular vote. They just fucking can't do it. So that's why they're clinging to the uh, electoral college. All right, a couple of things on the downside of this show. Just one real quick thing. I thought this was funny. Representative Matt Gates. We're waiting for some shit to come down on him. I know it's taken a long time, but trust me, it is coming. Matt Gates is going to get fucking hammered. Anyway, Matt Gates uh, voted against the lowering of the price of insulin. Remember, they put that bill up in the House and it passed. Now it has to go to the Senate, basically making um, insulin capped at $35 a month for anybody who needs it. That's not a crazy thing. When the Build Back Better bill came along, the Republicans looked at that part of it and said, yeah, we're for that. rest of this shit is fucked up, so we're not voting for it. Then when that insulin bill comes up alone, these same Republicans that said they were for it vote against it. And these people are, are against people who are in dire need of insulin and can't afford it because it's so fucking expensive. And so this bill brings it down to $35 a month. Matt Gates didn't vote for it. And somebody asked him, why didn't you vote for this? He says, we don't need the insulin. People should just lose weight. <laughs> oh, Matt. Matt's not even trying to save himself. He knows he's done. He's going to spout every conspiracy theory, every QAnon fucking quote, every stupid idea, every ridiculous comment. He's not even trying anymore because he knows he's fucking done. And if he doesn't know he's done, and I hope to God he doesn't know he's done. I hope to God that he thinks he's got this whole thing dicked. Because there's nothing better than somebody like him getting blindsided and then being lost. These are the people that end up curled up under their desk crying because they can't believe this is happening to them. And I would pay any amount of money to see Matt Gates curled up under his desk, crying and whining and begging and crying and whining and begging. Don't be surprised if you see that. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about, there are some rumors circulating that says Joe Biden said Trump should be prosecuted for the insurrection and is getting frustrated with Attorney General Merrick Garland for not taking decisive action. Well, that's a pretty common opinion amongst Democrats at this point. Why isn't Merrick Garland doing something? Well, it turns out he is doing some things, but this this rumor got out. Now, what you have to understand is Joe Biden can't say out loud, Merrick Garland's not doing a good job. He's got to work harder. He's got to prosecute people. He can't do that. Nor can he call Merrick Garland and say, listen, fucking get tougher in there. You're gone. A real president 
doesn't interfere in what the DOJ is doing. Presumably, the DOJ is just working based on the law. There is no partisanship. There is no political bullshit in it. They're supposed to be sticking to the rule of law. And let's be perfectly honest. We had some rogue motherfuckers in there when Donald Trump was in office. Bill Barr, for example. So we're used to seeing how the DOJ is used as a weapon. But in realistic terms, by real presidents, you don't do that. The president has his branch, the DOJ has another branch, and he does not want to interfere in the DOJ and make it look like he's using it as a weapon. That would put into question the legitimacy of what's going on in the DOJ. As we now look at what Donald Trump did, we know that DOJ wasn't legitimate. The attorney general was a piece of shit. Merrick Garland is a judge. And he's trying to be as careful and as cautious as possible, probably more cautious than he needs to be. I think I think Joe Biden even said, I'd, instead of being a thoughtful judge, Merrick Garland should be a fierce prosecutor. And I tend to agree. And that's what DOJ does. They're prosecutors. Merrick Garland may have been a judge, may have may should have been, uh, maybe should have been on the Supreme Court, if not the Republicans fucking him over. But now he's the Attorney General, head of the DOJ. He has to take a little different mindset. He has to get a little aggressive, because what's going on out there is so egregious, so blatant, you can't just let it go. Now, this whole thing about this rumor coming out, it seems kind of strange. As I say, Joe Biden can't call up Merrick Garland and say, do something, motherfucker. He can't even go into a press conference and say that. But all of a sudden, this rumor is bouncing around. This is starting to smell kind of like the White House leaked it. Somebody in the White House leaked it. So Joe Biden could say Merrick Garland uh, needs to buck up and go after these people without actually saying it. <laughs> I know it sounds like a fucking game, but that's how politics works, and that's what this sounds like. And if it is, I applaud Joe Biden for getting that message out and also finding a way to do it <clears throat> to make it seem legitimate. Now, we are seeing Garland doing more things with January 6th. He is taking some actions. I mean, for the longest time, we didn't hear anything about what they were doing. But we know he just hired 131 new attorneys to work in the DOJ. They're doing that because shit's about to get busy. They got a lot of people to investigate, a lot of people to indict, and a lot of people to prosecute. And we're talking people that are members of Congress, people that worked in the White House. So they're going to work as far as that goes. Merrick Garland has come out and said that uh, we're not going to worry about partisanship or politics. We're worried about the law, and we are going after everybody. We know that they put together a grand jury two months ago. We had no idea. Now, grand juries are typically secret what, with what's going on in the grand jury. And the grand jury is the first step to indictments. Basically, with a grand jury, that means they put together enough um, evidence. They're going to present it to the grand jury, and then the grand jury will decide, yes, you can indict him, you can indict her, you can indict him. The indictments go out, and then the whole prosecution process starts. 
So, in fact, Merrick Garland is doing some things. It may not be as fast as you want, but at least we now know it's on his mind, something's happening, and we are seeing some movement. So we should be able to relax about that. It still may take longer than you think it should, but uh, it looks like they're on the right track, and uh, they're doing something anyway. So for those of you that comment on my TikToks or come to me on the podcast and say, Merrick Garland's not doing anything. Well, the fact of the matter, he is. He's actually doing a lot of shit. It's not Trump in cuffs yet and thrown in jail, because I know that's what everybody wants. But in order to do any of these things, it takes time. you got to do it by the law. And uh, I'm as anxious as you are, but we also have to learn to be a little bit patient. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time, how you take time out of your day and listen to the podcast. I appreciate it very much. I mentioned in the previous podcast, I'll mention it again. Uh, We had a lot of fun when Ed Jones was on the air with me a couple of podcasts back. He got rave reviews from everybody that sent emails. Everybody liked him. I'm not surprised. I knew he would do a good job. And and the important thing is is that, you know, that was just kind of a one-shot, one-off deal. We didn't plan anything. We didn't talk about anything. We turned on the mics and just talked. Ed Jones is going to join us on the Rational Boomer podcast probably once a week, maybe at different days during the week or specific days. I don't know yet. But he will be on the show, and I think you'll grow to like this guy. I love this guy because he's very smart. He's very funny. He tells good stories. And he's of a like mind with the rest of us. Last thing I'm going to tell you, my wife and I are going out of town for the night uh, tonight. And we will be back tomorrow afternoon. But that means I'm not going to be in a position to record another another uh, podcast. So uh, for tomorrow, you probably won't see a podcast. But the next day, we'll be back on track doing what we do. Every so often, I got to take a day off just to clear my mind a little bit and hang out with the wife and have some fun. So you have a great week. Let's hope it doesn't get too crazy. And I will be back to you in a couple of days here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.